to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 to 10, which can be found on page 994 of the Green Bibles, 994 to 995. Luke 19, starting at verse 1. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will will repay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. This is the word of the Lord. Over the next four weeks, we're going to be looking at the, um, we're doing a sort of mini sermon series on how we view, handle, and give away our money and our possessions under the title God's provision. And this morning I thought we'd look at the story of Zacchaeus, because he seems to be an excellent model on how we could live. He starts off as a tax collector, greedy and corrupt, and ends up declaring, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will repay them four times the amount. In this statement, we have the two main Christian responses to our money and possessions, and they are justice and generosity. Justice is about making sure that everybody is given what they are owed. So for Zacchaeus, this meant repaying anyone he had cheated. And for us, this could mean a number of things. It means paying our taxes. It means paying the correct price for things. It means not selling things for more than they're worth. It means paying our employees a fair wage. It means not taking dubious days off work. It means returning items that we've borrowed and never returned, something I'm particularly guilty of. I think most of the books in my flat are ones I've borrowed and never quite managed to return, mostly off my parents. It's about honesty and it's about fairness. 
ensuring everyone gets what's right and what's proper. My grandfather was an excellent example of this, if slightly extreme. He was once undercharged tuppence on a London bus and consequently sent a postal order to London Transport for the outstanding amount. London Transport obviously couldn't process such a small amount, and so they sent the postal order back. But my grandfather was not going to be put off, and so he sent it back to them. And so proceeded a correspondence with London Transport, which, um, where they sent back and forth a postal order for tuppence that lasted for several months uh, at a great expense to both of them. Another friend of mine, I thought was a great example, uh, she was living in a house uh, where she was paying rent, and she decided that for her room and for that area, she was actually paying too little rent. And so she persuaded her landlords to put up the amount she was paying. These are the examples of the Christian attitude towards money, which is justice, ensuring that everyone is getting what they are owed. Generosity, the second main Christian response to our money and possessions, is different. Generosity is about going beyond what is deserved. For Zacchaeus, this meant giving half of all he had to the poor. It is about grace, giving purely with the desire to bless others. It's about buying presents for people when it's not being expected. It's about giving money to friends who are perhaps struggling, giving money to charity, lending things freely, and being gracious if they're not returned. It's about not minding if someone damages our property. It means giving up our time freely. My parents, uh, for their honeymoon, borrowed a friend's car so they could drive up to Scotland in January for their honeymoon. And just as they were coming home and pulling into their friend's garage, Mum, well, one of my parents, I won't say which, um, reversed into a wall and wrote off the car. And um, Mum appeared in the doorway of her friend, uh, sort of in tears, and said, Mickey, I'm so, I've, I've reversed the car into the wall. And without hesitation, Mickey said, oh, don't worry about that, it's only a piece of metal. I think that's a wonderful example of the kind of the generosity of spirit that is um, such a wonderful example to us as Christians. Generosity, giving things away freely, graciously and joyfully. But how can we become like this? How can we become generous and just people in the way that we handle our money and possessions? How can we be free from the hold that sometimes money and things have on us? How can we be free from the worry that I suppose we all experience from time to time about not having enough? I think there are perhaps three basic essential attitudes towards our money and possessions that make living generously and living justly possible. And the first, I think, is gratitude. We seem to live in a society where the more we have, the more we want. We are far richer as a, in general as a society than we were 50 years ago, but also we're less happy. 
Perhaps it's from being bombarded with advertisements showing us all the things that we should need and want. Perhaps it's looking at the lives of celebrities and all the things they enjoy. But we seem to be in a society that finds it difficult to be grateful for what we have. I don't know about you, but I certainly spend much more time thinking about what I want and need and deserve than about what God has given me already. And I tend to look at what I have as things that I've earned and have a right to. I've earned with my hard work, and therefore I can do what I choose with what's mine. But actually, everything is a gift from God, totally undeserved and freely given. And Zacchaeus seems to recognize it. He seems to give out of gratitude. He was not a popular man. He was a tax collector. And we know that tax collectors in general were deeply unpopular at the time. They had made their money through corruption and through collaboration with the occupying power. He had got rich, well, well, all the tax collectors had got rich at a time of national suffering at the expense of their fellow countrymen. He was, and Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector, chief among these unpopular people. He was probably viewed a little like Sir Fred Goodwin was viewed a few weeks back. Someone who was viewed as someone deeply hated, being viewed as someone who'd made money at the expense of others when everyone else was losing money. And Zacchaeus knew that he'd messed up and recognized that Jesus' request to eat with him was pure grace. It was not something he had earned. And as a result, out of experiencing this grace from Jesus, Zacchaeus gives out of gratitude. And when we recognize that everything we have is actually a gift from God, and therefore far more than we deserve, this enables us to give things away. For a start, it makes us content with what we have, but it also reminds us that what God has given once, he can give again. But how can we become more grateful people? How can we feel more grateful? Thomas Aquinas, uh, perhaps the greatest theologian of the Middle Ages, said that we, have, we do not have the power of a dictator over our emotions, but we have diplomatic power over our emotions. We have the power of a dictator over our limbs, but just diplomatic power over our emotions. So we can encourage and discourage, but we cannot force. We cannot force ourselves to feel more grateful, but we can discipline ourselves to thank God more often. And the more we do this, we discover we begin to feel more grateful as a result. We sort of think that the emotion of gratitude comes first, and then we thank God. But actually, it's the other way around. This year, I've been making a conscious effort to start the day trying to thank God for all his blessings. Um, I often fail, but I've noticed that the more I do it, the more I'm reminded of all God's goodness and his kindnesses to me. And I think it's this essential attitude of gratitude that enables us to have a freer attitude to our money and possessions. So that's the first essential attitude, gratitude.
the attitude of gratitude. The second essential attitude is humility. I think perhaps one of the main reasons we get it wrong in this area is that we're focused on ourselves. We're thinking about our needs, our rights, our desires, what we've earned and what we deserve. And then we put all these things before the needs and the desires and the deserts of others. But humility means considering other people as more important than ourselves. It means putting other people first. And Zacchaeus responds to Jesus with remarkable humility. In verse 8, he says, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will repay four times the amount. You'll notice that in that statement, there's no mention of what he needs or wants. He's focused purely on the needs of the poor and on those he has wronged. He doesn't seem to mention or think about what he needs himself. It's not a factor in his thinking. I don't know about you, but usually when I'm thinking about giving, I work out what I need, interpreting need quite liberally, and then calculate what I can give you know, once that's what's left over. But the Christian attitude is very different. We make other people our first priority, rather than just what we can afford with what's left over. In the words of J. John, we give what's right and not what's left. And we become humble by practically putting other people first. Again, the emotion of humility, the feeling of humility, follows the practice of humility. And so we pray to God, and we ask God to show us, to draw to mind those people who we might be able to bless, those things that we could give to. And then we need to act on it. And as we do it, we begin to think more and more about the needs of others. I think this is what we're trying to do with the evening service, with our man- monthly rags, our random acts of grace, that we do on the first Sunday of each month, where we go into the local community and try to give things away or paint people's flats or clean up people's gardens. We're trying to practice putting other people first, hoping that the more we do that, the more we will grow in love for other people and make them more and more our first priority. So gratitude, humility, and the third essential attitude I think, is faith. The underlying reason why we get it wrong in this area, with our money and possessions, is really unbelief. It is not believing that God is enough, that God will satisfy our deepest needs, that God will provide for us. But Zacchaeus acts with incredible faith, for he gives half of all he has to the poor, And then he says that he's going to repay four times anyone he's cheated, which, by accounts of tax collectors at the time, is practically everything. It appears from this passage that Zacchaeus is giving almost everything he has. And that requires faith. It means believing that he's found something of far greater value. 
he knows that he's found something that satisfies him like nothing else in his life and that God will provide for him from then on. All giving, I suppose, is a step of faith. It is a statement to God that we believe that he will take care of us and provide for us. And the more we give, the more we grow in faith and experience for ourselves God's provision and faithfulness. Some of the most encouraging times in my life have been the times where I've given a little bit more than I can afford and then experienced the wonderful surprise of God's graciousness as someone gives to me. And every time this happens, it builds our confidence in God that he really will provide for us. Giving builds our faith, because faith is about relying on God. And the more we give, the less we have, and the less we have, the more we rely on God. And these, I suppose, are the three essential attitudes. Humility, gratitude, and faith. And through these, we experience true freedom in terms of our money and possessions. It stops these things taking a hold of us and enables us to be more generous and just. But this isn't easy. And I suppose, really at heart, we need the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts to fill us with gratitude, with humility, with faith. Shall we end by praying? Shall we stand and pray and ask um, God's help in this area? Father, we pray that you would come by your Spirit. Transform our hearts. Lord, we recognize so often We're ungrateful for all the wonderful things you've given us. We put ourselves ahead of other people. We don't trust you with our futures and with everything we have. And Lord, we pray that you would fill our hearts with gratitude, with humility, with faith. Come and do in us what it would be impossible for us to do ourselves. Enable us to become more generous and more just, to be free from the hold of the things of this world, to be focused on serving you in true freedom. Lord, help us to be a blessing to those around us and to use our resources for your kingdom to see real change in this world, to see lives transformed, to see people coming to know you once more. May we see everything we have as a gift from you and something to be used for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.